Hello and welcome to Breaking Late, a motorsports podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me as always, JD. How's it going, mate? Not too bad. How are you, Michael? Oh, a little tired from being up all night last night watching the race, but yeah. apart from that, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, definitely, mate. I'm a bit the same. I'm a little bit angry. I think everyone in Australia is angry. Very, <laughs> very angry, but you just got to roll it, I guess. Or you can't roll it if you don't have tyres. Yes, yes. It's uh, just hurry up and wait. Yes, but... We are going to get to that a little bit later in the show. Quick recap of the race. It was a good race. Yeah, the race was really interesting. There's lots of stuff going on. Tire strategies. strategies. Yeah. You had the wet weather changing. Yep. Lewis Jack. Hamilton going forever on those set of wets. Sergio Perez just pulled one out of the hat and just good on him. Nice third. He's always someone that's really good in the wet. Yeah, the, the Formula 1 definitely has a few standout drivers in the wet and um, he's one of them. Lewis is another. Daniel's pretty good as well. Vettel's really good. Look at that. Look, You look at who finished on the top there. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think they're the top four drivers in the good wet weathered ones. But it was it was a hell of a race. Hats off to Lewis. Well done. He drove You've a got- really good race and he was very humble after the race too. I was um, really impressed with how he was reacting to the other drivers on, on the podium. Mm. At having this stint of not winning for so long, I think it's really brought him back down to earth and... It was really nice to see him like that. So practice, like since the teams touched down in Monaco on, I think practice was on a Thursday. Thursday, day early definitely, there. yep. Red Bull were just on game. Like they showed a lot of promise the whole weekend. Yeah, Red Bull were quick, uh, very quick in practice two. Uh, they were thereabouts in uh, practice one. There's a few incidents in practice one, a couple of crashes. I think uh, Palmer will definitely want to just write this weekend off because... He's written quite a few dollars in bent and broken carbon fiber pieces he off has. this weekend. He has. Um, I think he's king of the the Armco. Is he? Or is Max? <laughs> no, I still think it's Palmer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. He crashed in practice one. I think he had that. Well, he had that big one in the, in the race there. Mm-hmm. So it looked a lot worse, I guess, from when you first looked at the damage of the car. I went, oh, this has been like I figured he'd gone straight in at turn one, but he'd. Sort of. He hit the wall before he went yeah. in at turn one, and that because he already lost. I think it was his right side or left side. I don't know, he lost his. He lost his left side. He he slid across, and it had broken, and I think it had collapsed the front end down onto the ground anyway. Both yeah, sides. Yeah, well, that wheel was already hanging on by its tethers anyway when yep. it come into the front, and then just smashed that front nose. I mean, credit to the car designers. He that was a bit of a hit. Yeah, the the car held up pretty well. He got out and walked away, so that's mm. good. Practice one, ham. Was showing speed there as well. Um, Lewis was really quick. The Mercedes were up on top, um, and Vettel was actually not too bad as well. He was quite. He quick was there. showing some good pace in practice. Yeah, um, practice two. Ricardo schooled the boys on uh, how you get around Monaco quite quickly. Well, I was very surprised because we knew he was getting that new engine last week. We did touch on the subject, and we did say we don't think it's give him that much an advantage. Um, at this circuit, because it's not a speed track, this one. Yeah, Christian Horner come out and said they believe the new engine at Monaco was worth one one half max of two tenths. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't a, a you know going to get them up there with the Mercedes. And they needed a good setup and, and everything. Six tenths over everyone else. That's that's yeah. just good driving as well. Um, I like his comment. How much of this is the new motor and how much is you and everything? And what did he say? Oh, about ninety nine percent of this is me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's 0.1% is the, the car and everything else. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, on on the Thursday practice, that was the, the, the highlight sort of from there. 
on Saturday's practice three in the morning, Renault decided they changed their complete suspension setup in the, the cars back to their old setup. That's uh, a big call. Yeah, it was. They, well, they were nowhere in practice uh, two, so they, they decided they were going not getting anywhere with it. And so they changed it all back over. Guess what? They changed it all again back oh. to the new setup. That's how bad their cars are handling at the moment. They weren't happy with anything in those cars. They couldn't get them to do the right things. It really showed, I guess, with Palmer crashing into every wall. Yeah, well, they've got a couple of weeks, I think, t- before Canada. So yeah. they should be able to that get that That team already. is really struggling, but they um they can't get the setup right. No, well, they weren't really performing that well when they were Lotus either. No, I think, and with, with what Renault come in and said, they're not aiming to win championships or races at the moment. They're just looking to build up the team and get it all the right people and start performing a bit better and stuff like that and work their way there in three or four years sort of thing. I guess that's a good target. It's a more realistic target. Yeah, If definitely. you've got the dollars, you can sink into a couple of years of learning. Yeah, agreed. Um, the other teams have had a bit more data and stuff and tried a few more things because they've been with the model car they have at the moment a bit longer where Renault's going off Lotus's stuff and Lotus was struggling for money quite severely in the last couple of years so they didn't really do any development they were just taking a package that they had that fitted in the rules and taking it to all the race meetings and just roll it out and hopefully hopefully it would do all right hopefully Pasta wouldn't crash it yeah (laughs) then you go to practice three which I believe was on Saturday morning Saturday morning that was I only caught the last probably half hour of that it was an eventful in the end Max yeah. had his run in with the wall which I thought just before qualifying that was not the best for him but they didn't do too much damage with the car in the end no he was pretty lucky with that one uh, just a glancing blow and got away with it Vettel was also quick in practice 3 which was looking like it would translate into qualifying, qualifying alright which I think he was a bit disappointed with Verstappen come out and uh, they said that they basically call it copied um daniel's setup because he had so much confidence in the car so they figured that must have been working for him why wouldn't it work for max and they 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 copied that over and tried to get him uh up a few places on the on the the scoreboard sort of thing other than that i wasn't too much to take away from it It was just a good practice session everyone getting used to it the track kept evolving again as it does in monaco it's constantly constantly evolving up and up and up so jd qualifying on the sad day just after fp3 that was an interesting um turn of events yeah a lot of stuff happened in qualifying it was uh, it was interesting yeah old um Felipe Nazar just his engine sort of gave way yeah which would be worrying for the Ferraris because that's a 2016 Ferrari engine as well so it's showing their head again with the lack of reliability that they're having in that engine and then you've had um Max had his off what do you think wall. of that Michael pushing just, too hard do you reckon or was just, he just trying to find something I think he's just pushing a little hard trying to find that extra bit of space like he didn't. He did have some pace, but he didn't have Ricardo pace over the weekend. And I think coming into this weekend after a win, it was you know he was definitely on a high. And I think he just pushed it that little bit too much. Just clipped that wall, and you uh, you would have seen the super slow mo footage of it. Snaps it. You can see the steering arm just break off, and then he's just he's going straight after that. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think he just bit off a little bit too much. It wasn't much. No, you know, it wasn't. Maybe if he was an inch to the left, he would have missed it. Have you seen the um, slow-mo of Fiat going yeah. past it? See, Touching maybe it. Max should take a little bit away from Fiat. Just touch it, just a little bit. Yeah, just a love tap. <laughs> but no, unfortunate for Max to end up in the wall. That would have hurt his confidence as well. Um, did and it, it hurt it, the car a lot. <laughs> it did. You saw the wheel get stuck on after... Yeah, well, what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Was what that, happened was a new... that? that was in the race, wasn't it? Just before the race. That was in the pre-race setup. They did a 
a practice pit stops with the car and it, it basically when they were doing their practice pit stop they couldn't get the wheel off and they went okay so they got out there and pushed it drama. back in and starts trying to sledgehammer the wheel off it's a lot it's a big drama when it has slicks on it and it's raining yeah <laughs> well they end up changing the whole um the whole corner yeah the yep. whole corner got replaced all yeah what do they say it was about a 45 minute job and they had 50 minutes to do it in so they had plenty of time yeah yeah it's uh it was a bit of a struggle but they got it done and then the rest of q3 really it's just your normals that sort of fallen out jolly and palmer Marcus Ericsson. Oh, uh, yeah, out of Q1. Yep. Out of Q1. Those yep. are the guys that didn't really make the cut. Yeah, the, the Manners. Verstappen, obviously, with a D, DNF, basically. Um, couldn't He couldn't get his fast lap in. And then in um, Q2, you had the McLarens pushing hard to get into Q3, and I don't know what happened with Button. I was really hoping he would get get there because Alonso managed to get there but um I just don't think um Button had the pace this weekend he didn't have the car balanced as well as Alonso did and I think that really affected him you could see he sort of was a bit down in the after the race yeah and he stuff didn't like. look super happy or so uh that was a real shame I'm sure Button will get that car set up a bit better soon and the boys are really they look like they're working forward still so it's and they're Ron, showing promising signs Ron Dennis is really confident I don't know he's he reckons they're going to be the first people to win a championship after Mercedes well he knows something we don't yeah well maybe there's something in the pipeline with the Honda engine and maybe he's got some good engineers coming over you I don't never know, know but I mean if they do it Good on them. I think Honda has struggled a bit since coming back into the sport, but, you know, it'd always be good to have another competitive engine there. Yeah, so Kvyat in Q2 was looking really good. He was. Yeah, he was going quite quick, actually, in Q2. It was, it was really good to impressive. see both the Toyo Rosso boys getting into Q3. Yeah, well, he was he was faster in um, Q1 and 2. Carlos got him in Q3 there by a little bit. In Q2, I was really interested to see um, the gamble that Red Bull paid with Daniel. Yeah, Putting that was onto really the interesting. Super Softs, and then I was like, this... And when he set that fast lap, like his fastest lap on the Super Softs, now, pretty sure you guys know, but you have to start the race a dry race. You have to start a dry race on the tyres that you set your fastest time in Q2. And everyone else was on the Ultra Softs, and he was the only one that put the Super Softs on, and he had good pace for those tyres. Like, he was, he didn't set the fastest lap, but I still think he was, like, third or something in the um in q2 and that would have really thrown a spanner into the works uh, if it was a dry race on the sunday yeah you're right there michael he was he was fourth fastest in q2 which is plenty enough to get him into q3 that would have been a master stroke if the race hadn't have been rained out in the morning uh it would have been goodbye rest everyone else and been a really interesting strategy game if, if there was no safety cars in that it would have been see you later it would have he would have won it even with safety cars i believe daniel um would have been a lot better suited anyway that so they reckon with the ultra softs the tire temperature has to be almost perfect mm-hmm. but with your super softs and even better with your softs your temperature range that they work in is a lot it's a lot bigger yep so when you get behind a safety car and stuff like that, you, we've seen it with the Mercedes and that. They really struggle. Keeping to, those tyres up to temp. To, yeah, exactly. To keep them in the window. They, they can't work them as well as the Red Bull. And yeah, they're, they're really struggling with that. So as soon as the safety car comes off the track, boom, they're, you know, they've got to try and find this pace again. And it takes them a lap and a half sort of to get that pace back. It was interesting watching the whole way through qualifying. Everyone was doing two warm-up laps and not one. Yeah, they were having to do that extra time, and it was just That's obviously just cut to get down the number of laps they could, but it was to get the heat, the heat into those tyres. Yeah, and to get it, the, the heat range perfect. And then in Q3, we'll start with this, 
Ricardo pulled a fantastic lap. Yeah, really, really good. And um, it's the second fastest pole position since 2006. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel in 2011 got a 113.5. Yep. Um, it was a really impressive lap. And it's Red Bull's first pole since 2013. They so. must be happy. I mean, they look stoked. I, you know, I think Daniel's shit doesn't stink at the moment for Red Bull. They were very, very happy. With... In qualifying, he yeah. pantsed everyone. Yeah, and that's two meetings in a row. They've got a time. He's got a time, essentially, out of that Red Bull that they didn't think was possible. So uh, he's, he's punching above his weight with that car at the moment. It's a, It was a real shame of what happened in the race, but yeah, we'll move on. And then you had Nico out qualifying um, Hamilton as well. So yeah, Hamilton's... It was... The Mercedes was really interesting, Michael, with the both of them having the fuel fuel pressure. I got I've heard of two different reasons, but I'd say they're both coming along the same thing here. Fuel pressure slash temperature. They reckon they were getting vaporizing of their fuel, and the cars wouldn't run properly. So Nico didn't leave the garage. That's why he was stuck in the garage for a bit. Yeah, they were about to send him, and they had to fix that problem. Hamilton had that problem. Left the garage. Got all the way down the end pit lane. He was lucky not to cross that line, though. So the mechanics were able to push him down. It was a long push, though. I think... Being Formula One, the number one team's right at the entrance. Yeah, and I don't understand that. That's a topic for another day. But, uh, like, when you come in from a safety car, if you're parked at the start of pit lane and then a train of cars come in behind you, you've got to wait for them all to go past you before you can pull back into pit lane. I'd see the advantage should be you. Your pit should be at the end of pit lane. So when you come in, everyone pits behind you, and you've and got you clear go pit out. lane to come out. That is something I've always thought about too, and because V8 supercars do it the other way around. Yeah, I think Number a lot one of garages at the entr- at the exit. Yeah, uh, I I don't see the advantage of having it at the start of pit lane. I'm not sure why they do that. Anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> if you do know, let us know. <laughs> yeah, like. please send in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Ham and uh, Rosberg both had that fuel temperature slash pressure issue of vaporizing. And uh, I, I don't know how um, Hamilton did like five laps or something on those tires before he set his quickest time. He, kept... he must have been fueled for a few laps. Like, oh, I think so. Once they. Because um... I was watching him and going, all right, he has to do it this lap. And then he didn't do a time. And I was like, well, they don't put that much fuel in the cars when they go out and do qualifying. I think what the idea is they fueled it for two two sessions. Two sets of tyres. Yep. And then when he only got to do it on one, he could use both sets of tyres amount of fuel. fuel in other words, yep. like they fueled it to begin with. And he just, he didn't take a bite. Like you could see what he was doing. He was waiting for the track to evolve a bit more. Yeah. And he didn't take a bite out of the tyres. Uh, he just kept him in that range and then tried not to take a bite out of the tyres before he felt that he could do his fastest lap and then he gave it to it. I mean, he still did a very respectable lap of a 1.39. Yeah, yeah. It was quite a good lap. was not miles off Nico. It was pretty close to Nico, really. It's a little disappointed with the Ferraris being down in um, fourth and fifth. Six. Kimmy, Mr. Reliable was not very reliable this weekend. No, his times are just, I don't know. I'm I don't know looking what's going. here. He was about one second slower than Sebastian in Q1, about half a second slower in Q2, and then he was two tenths slower in Q3. So he's never really up with Sebastian. Yeah, agreed. And generally, he's been performing very consistent with Sebastian in qualifying. He's always been right up with him. I mean, but Nico Hulkenberg did a great job to qualify fifth. Yeah, the those Force Indias that day, like we know, the Force Indias are good in wet weather, but they real they qualified fifth and eighth. Yeah, that's a good job for two them. Two into the into Q three would make them really happy. They were aiming high for Monaco. They did say that at the start of the weekend that 
they wanted some good results out of Monaco, and they, they got them. They did really well. To see the um, two Toro Rossos up there was also good, and Alonso getting into Q3. Yeah. I feel for Alonso, though. I think he shouldn't celebrate getting into... It shouldn't be a huge thing for them to get into Q3. I feel like they should have a bit more competitive car, but it is what it is, and it's great to see them up there. I really hope they do improve, that we do see Alonso and Button up in Q3 more often. One thing I did take away from the end of Q3, and it was a little bit annoying, I'm sick of seeing sad Hamilton. At least it's changed now after that race. But he was miserable, not smiling. It's like Nico had the same problems. You just got to get over it and get up, pick yourself up. He wasn't and dust as yourself fast as got... Nico. That's why he was sad. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think he wants the perfect world where the Mercedes, you know, back a year ago or two years ago, no one was close to them. So they could coast around it. 80% and that was fine they had more reliability and they weren't having any problems now they're, they're running around at 100% and they're having dramas that's that's racing you know they're pushing these cars at the pinnacle of motorsport and it's the pinnacle of technology and they're pushing it to the edge this is going to affect it that's it's unavoidable it's racing yeah it's um, what happens so JD your thoughts when you turned on the telecast to see rain at Monaco I was actually going to message you. I took a couple of screenshots of the race before and going, oh, it's very dark and everything's looking very wet. This was about an hour and a half before the race started. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd been um, watching what uh, everyone was posting on Facebook and stuff like that from the drivers and that beforehand. And yeah, there was comments coming through that it was raining and stuff like that. So I knew it was going to be an interesting start. Mm-hmm. and it was it's a shame it was as wet as it was that we had to start we lost uh seven, seven laps, laps behind under the, the safety. safety car yeah so seven laps under safety car not the best way to start a race but they they did get the race going and the rain stayed away well you couldn't start that race without the safety car that was wet i don't think they needed to do seven but i think they could have started after probably three or four yeah, you could sort they... of see a line starting well they were moving the water off the track but in the end seven laps no one, I was going to say no one put it into the wall, but Palmer, one of the Renaults. Yeah, it was Palmer, Palmer. Palmer on the straight, like literally going across the start-finish line. He hit the um the white marking, the zebra crossing, and you could just see it. He just pitched, nah, wheels light up, into the wall, and then he was just a passenger until he... Um... Uh, the other real shame from the start of the race was Danny Kvyat. Didn't He's... he have a shocker? Oh, that car, it kept getting stuck at like the pit lane limit of 60 k's an hour. Yeah, he was like having to fall back in the um un- behind safety car and under the regulations, you are allowed to overtake under safety car if the car in front is having issues. So if Kvyat's behind and he's stuck in doing 60, they're not going to be hanging around him. His day just went from bad to worse though. It did. He continued on to get uh, more and more problems as the day went on. I think he's getting very frustrated he sounded frustrated over the radio. Yeah. His incident with Magnussen was a, a silly one. It shouldn't have happened. They're both being a bit pushy. I couldn't put the whole blame on Kvyat for it. I think Magnussen was a bit pushy himself. Mm-hmm. But the dive that he did at the end there was a little bit too far. Yeah, it was a little bit ambitious. Kimmy's crash at the hairpin. Yep. Little small lockup, fed it into the fence. Easy to no, do. No major damage. Except for you lost your front wing. Yeah, and then it proceeded to drive li- with it. Yeah, and then it gets locked under your front tire. Who was it? Who got stuck? Who did it he was drive Grosjean. that Grosjean. Grosjean. Oh, Grosjean did you hear lost that radio? His... What is Kimmy doing? He felt like Kimmy was deliberately pushing him out or something. I'm not sure what he was I felt bad thinking. for Grosjean. Because oh, I felt he... bad too, but... But Kimmy couldn't do anything about it. He no. wasn't turning that car. No, he was trying to turn. He had full lock on. It wasn't going He did, going you could anywhere. see it. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just part of parcel with um with Formula One racing. If you lose your front wing and it gets stuck under your car, you, you just can't. 
turn. And Kimmy tried to get back to stops. I know he got reprimanded with driving through the tunnel, dragging the front wing under his front wheels. I mean, that is a big no-no. The tunnel's not the best place to have debris everywhere. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a silly thing in the end, but luckily he got away with that uh, without any penalties, so he hasn't got any penalty points from it or driver or grid placing at the next meeting, so he's been lucky. Well, he didn't really have anywhere else to pull off. Well, that was the argument there is he no came out with. Area was, until he's like, you I was get looking for that. my safest spot to pull the car over. Honestly, he could have probably chucked the thing in reverse somewhere. That's the problem with these. You're not allowed really to reverse back to this traffic. Reverse on the racetrack. Yeah. Well, so, you, no, you're not meant to. Um, so, but that was that was a real shame. Uh, Rosberg had to let Hamilton pass after the team ordered him to let him pass because he was struggling so much with tyre temp. He was struggling. Brakes. He was so slow. I saw that and I was just like, Daniel Ricciardo is just driving away with this race and the, the Mercedes can't keep up. Hamilton was quick behind Rosberg. Oh, well, I think I was the thinking gap that after like what was it four or five laps of uh, green I'm not sure what it was but he'd already got the gap out to like 13 seconds yeah it was a big gap uh, and then Ham got freed from Rosberg and immediately he drove off into the distance he just drove away from Rosberg Rosberg just wasn't confident in the car no he, he had, struggled had no all confidence. weekend except oh he did really well in qualifying but through the race he struggled we just lost sight of him throughout the whole race I know he finished sixth but yeah, well, For someone had... that had just come off and won seven races in a row, probably would have done really well in Spain had he not had that contact with Hamilton. And then just to come to this race where he has dominated the past three years. Yeah, it was um, it was a real shame for Rosberg to see how that, that, that was going. He got, unluckily, he got caught behind some slower cars. He probably could have been a bit faster when it was dry, but he got caught. And this track's just, I know we touched on it last week when it's we were... It's not a good track to it, pass. It is not. It's a, it's a great racetrack and it's it's awesome to see and i'm sure the atmosphere is magic but if you want to see good racing. racing you don't go to monaco <laughs> it's good for incidents crashes all that sort of things pit stop problems it's happened two years in a row we've had some uh, some issues with pit stops that have lost someone a race but it's not necessarily a great race to watch a, a real good battle so jd we all saw the um daniel ricardo and lewis hamilton incident where ricardo had the good pace coming up behind him just through the tunnel i think hamilton had that little off through that small chicane there. Ricardo had better drive off the line, just sort of put it up the outside and slammed that door shut, Hamilton did. He didn't want anyone there. He did. Uh, the stewards looked at it and there's no penalties uh, attached, so that is cleared of, of any of those dramas. I think it was, a, it was a pretty aggressive door shutting. Hamilton was going across to the racing line so he was he was always going to sort of close that door a little bit anyway i don't know ricardo was up the side there he probably should have given him a touch more room i don't think ricardo would have passed him into the next corner anyway no, i think he still would have been out on the outside anyway but yep. it would have just tightened that turn up a lot more for um hamilton yeah yeah it's, it's something that i know they can't reprimand someone for that because it's good racing but they need to sort of look at that sort of thing so that it brings people people will go for more passes if they know someone's not going to shut shove them into a wall and that's what it was basically going to be it ricardo had the choice of you can try and make this pass it's not going to happen yeah i'm We're willing gonna... to crash another car is what we... hamilton's saying yeah we will crash uh and it's what hamilton does with rosberg as well mm. uh he always makes you choose you can try and pass me but we will crash michael the elephant in the room mm-hmm. red bull pit stop tires where the hell are they <sighs> god i think i got messages from 
everyone about this this morning. People who don't normally watch Formula, who I wouldn't think that would watch Formula One were messaging me going, what the hell happened with Red Bull? And to be honest, I don't have a fucking clue. Biggest brain fart of 2016 award goes to Red Bull. Why call your driver in? Four tires. It wasn't Ricardo's choice. He got called in. Come in, change tires. He did. And then he sat there for 13.9 seconds stationary for a pit stop. And that just cost him the win. I just don't know what to think about it. I think Ricardo summed it up really well at the end of the race on his team radio. He's basically said, it was like, don't even waste your breath, boys. I don't want to know. Ricardo was hurt over it. And understandably, this is two races in a row, which he would have thought they're both race wins. Yeah. He's looking at 50 points he's lost in two races. Well, I guess it. I guess it's not fifty points because he's still got twenty. No, but points. he would have. Yeah. It, it, what, what did he come away with? Sorry, eighteen points. So he's he's lost a good chunk of points from this race and the last race. He lost a lot of lot. We well, finished fourth last race. Yeah. So he only got twelve. I did like how he put it on the thing uh, on the podium. Two weeks in a row, I've been screwed. Yeah. Very Australian of him. Bit Weber esque. It would have been a very awkward garage last night over in Monaco big time so I I read a bit into it today what Christian Horner has come out and said about the the incident because he wasn't really answering any questions yesterday basically what happened they communicated down to the pit garage Hmm. Daniel's coming in for a pit stop get the slicks they went and got they've got so many tyre spots allocated in the actual garage where they're all on their tyre warmers plugged in warming ready to go they wanted super softs and what they had in the garage was actually softs the boys have grabbed the softs down and they'll getting ready to put them on the car they've radioed down saying super softs and they've gone oh the super softs actually weren't in the side of the garage they had to go outside the back door of the garage and grab them from outside but the softs would have worked the soft tires were a good tire at the end of the race i know and even if they didn't work i'm not sure if he would have lost 10 to 11 seconds arguably versus a normal pit stop of sort of three three and a half seconds i just think it was a massive brain fart by the red bull guys they dropped the ball and i think daniel's fed up with it because these drivers are pushed especially in the Red Bull Academy they are pushed to their edge they if have you don't to get be... results you don't get contracts oh and you have to be at the top of your game they punish them if they're not then they get things like this where the team is not at the top of their game the team cost him now essentially two races the last one was the debatable. last race was different that was there was a there was a call strategy there. calls yeah you know that could have gone the other way the other two might have ran out of tires and he could have just blasted past them it you know it could have gone the other way but this one Put that behind us this yeah. one is definitely a team error that cost him the race can't afford to do this you don't win championships with this error and I know Red Bull aren't the only ones to ever not have tires ready before this is something that has happened in motorsports uh, yeah it is but i don't know if i've seen one this bad and it's normally when the driver goes at I pit pit entry. Now. i'm coming in when are you coming in i'm already here sitting in the dark i am waiting out the front <laughs> where's the jacks <laughs> And uh, Michael, what were you thinking? Cardo had me going this whole time when he was behind Hamilton after the pit stops even. They were just trading fast times. They were just coming backwards and forwards from each other. They were moving backwards and forwards. The gap would open up nearly three seconds and then the gap would be, be back down to under a second and then back out to three seconds. Do you reckon there was a bit of a tyre strategy going on there? People were just saving some tyres. I know it would have been close for both of them to get to the end from where they did when they put the, the super softs and the ultra softs on what were your thoughts like do you think that's what was going on or do you think that it was just genuine it's a hard track and there's you know there is problems on that track you could have 
push every second and yeah i think there was um i think a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b in that one i just think that ricardo he had to build up his pace in that car to get the tires up to a nice temperature where they were really competitive and that took two to three laps to get it up he would catch up to hamilton he would be right there but this track you just can't pass on you the only time you're really going to get a good pass on this track is if the person you're following makes that small mistake and that's when you jump on it i mean ricardo did try it that one incident that we have talked about before but yeah then once he sort of is right up behind like right on the gearbox of hamilton he pretty much needs to back it off again i think otherwise he's just going to kill his tires and he was doing that the whole race like you were saying he was getting up to about three he dropped back to about two and a half, three seconds. And then the next four to five laps, he's charging through. And I was sitting there watching the race going, oh, come on, you mate, you can do this. And he'd get up there again. And then I think the tires would just get to that point where he has to back it off. And at the end of the race, he ended up finishing 7.2 seconds behind Hamilton. I think his tires were just gone. He was more worried about conserving that gap between Sergio and himself. By the end of it, he pretty much knew, I think he settled for second and he just like, let's just keep this um, position as best we can. And he just looked after the tires. I was really surprised on the life Hamilton got out of his tires. Lewis was driving on the ultra softs. I can't recall exactly how many laps he did, but I think he pit on about lap 30 or 32 or somewhere around about there for those ultra softs. And, um, 32. 32. There you go. Thank you. And he managed to last them to the end, and that was 78 laps total of a race. Yep. So he's, he's done those ultra softs, which I honestly didn't think they were going to last that long. They brought in this new tie for, um, compound for this year, the ultra softs, which were quick when they were working. Back to the original question about Ricardo keeping the thing, I think it was just he was looking after his tyres and he just needed to put the pressure on Hamilton when he could in case Hamilton made that mistake so then he could pounce. In the end, Monaco is just a really hard track to pass and you you got to be in the right, time, right position at the right time. Yeah, I agree. With the fact that the cars are running so much aero on that track, I think it was very hard for him to follow the car in front. I think he genuinely had better pace, but because he couldn't get past, it was burning up his front tyres. Oh, don't get me he wrong. He did I see him have a couple of big lockups. Come into the final couple of turns of the race. Yeah, in the final section of the, the race in the sort of last 15 laps, I reckon it would have been, 15 to 20 yeah, laps. Yeah, those two really big ones that did make his tyres very ordinary. Yeah, and I think from about lap, 10 laps out, he had not much left to give. He'd been too much in the aero wash of Hamilton backwards and forwards. He'd had to jump up in his pace too many times as well to bridge the gap again. I think he just Putting used that the heat tires. cycle through the yeah, tyres again. They don't them. like going through those heat cycles. Not when you heat them up a lot and then cool them back down and then try and heat them up again. There were some really quick laps then around that segment of the race too. Perez was the fastest on track at that, at that point in the race as well. I was surprised at that. I didn't think the softs were going to be as quick as they were. And um, Sebastian was setting some pretty decent lap times as well on the softs. Sergio and Sebastian, they did a good call to put themselves onto those softs. Bit unlucky that the other tyres held out. I think they were hoping that the ultra softs and the super softs wouldn't hold out for as long as they did. Um, And I think they were just hoping that they could just bank on the the fact that Ricardo and Hamilton would their tires would fall off the cliff, they would be uncompetitive, and then they could pretty much just drive around. And if that did pay out, then they would have looked like absolute legends, and they knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, it was a big risk game that no one's ever really run the the ultra soft before, so it was a big risk game. They had put a lot of eggs in that basket at Mercedes. 
I think Red Bull just covered their ass a little bit. Michael, what were your views on the Sabers? It was really silly, really, the, what it come down to. But yeah, what were your thoughts? That I don't know. For two drivers paying to be there, I think they should have listened to the team a bit more. I don't know what the go was if Felipe couldn't hear the team radio. Ericsson definitely shouldn't have passed where he did. I think that was a huge mistake. And it did. It cost him. He's got a grid penalty for um, Canada, I think. Three, three, place three and places two and he's got two points. penalty points on his license. Super license, yep. And I think that needed to happen because that was a stupid pass. A stupid pass on your teammate. He dived up the inside. He ruined both their races. They were fighting over 14th and 15th. I concur a little bit with you on that. I think it does take a little bit of two to tango. I know NASA probably wasn't expecting him to go up there, but it was his teammate and his teammate did jam it in the inside. NASA, I seen when he got out of the car, one of the team bosses had his finger and Pointing was talking and waving because NASA tried to grab him and say like, ah, like it's all okay. There's a camera here. Don't, don't get angry. And he was... No, that furious. team boss was furious. He was, I don't yeah, know if like, it was the team boss, but it was definitely someone official in that team. Yeah. He did not look happy and he was just pointed straight upstairs. You get up there, we're having debrief now. Yeah, and then the same, similar thing happened with Ericsson. He wasn't fighting it. He, I think he knew he'd done something wrong, but I think the steam was just being let off because he'd been asking to be let pass for quite a few laps. He had. And you NASA did, he... had been saying, well, basically what um, Verstappen and that had been doing before no, why should I? Why should I let him pass? And I guess he has a valid point. They let him go up the road to do what? Get stuck behind the next car and only be one position ahead and we're only going to switch positions. I don't know. I think it was very like amateur hour, to be honest. I, um, I just shook my head in disbelief that he would do that on his own teammate. I was hanging out at the end there for the rain that everyone was talking about from 15 laps out. I think rain on the radar, rain McLaren. on the radar at the end. McLaren were the first ones on the broadcast to say, oh, I think by the last eight laps there'll be some rain. And I shot you a message during the race yep. going, maybe rain. Yep. It was... Um, and it sort of started to come right at the end. They were starting to get a few spots on the um, cameras around the track. Oh, when they were on the podium, it started to spit. It had, it had spat a little bit before the end, but the track was so warm from the cars running around it wasn't lit, it wasn't enough for it to actually make any difference to the track at all but yeah that would have been something nice would have livened a few things I up my fingers crossed because i figured that might be the only chance that ricardo could redeem yeah. himself or not really he could redeem himself he, he, he done everything right this weekend the team will probably only thing they'll probably won't be happy with is how much he said to the media about how angry he is about it uh, i think that'll I don't be blame him. i don't blame him either but it will be something that they'll probably talk to him about that he needs to control you know they are paying him a big sum of money they are putting him in one of the best cars on the grid now they have a lot of power with him they can take it away lewis come away from the with the fastest lap of the weekend he did not well, not the weekend sorry from the race from the race and i think he'll be happy with that yeah it's very a little extra um one up on everyone else like he did get the race win but at the moment i think lewis is looking for just a lot of just positives positives he hasn't had a lot of positives to the start of the season and to get a fastest lap at a i mean a 117.9 sorry was it a 117.939 that's still pedestrian compared to what they were doing in qualifying well yeah ricardo got a 113.6 yeah i think hamilton can take some really good stuff away from this weekend he's called back a lot of points that was his 44th win Ooh. yeah a bit of a bit of an omen there for him his racing number does that mean he he's not going anymore <laughs> I don't think so I think he'll definitely win some more um, he drove a good race he made the the tyres last a long way he did 47 laps on ultra sauce which is amazing he got the fastest lap of the race all positives from him. Well, Hamilton only pitted once. Yeah, he did that great. race. Yep. He did the wets, so which the wets I didn't last. think the wets were going to last. And then I didn't think those ultra softs were going to last, but he did it. And that's a credit to him and the car. 
I think it was good management by him and the team. They weren't a lot learnt sorry a lot from last year that you cannot pass whether you put brand new tires on everyone's on old tires you still will not get passed so they learnt from that and that, that was um quite smart you could see that uh rosberg you know Miserable really weekend. struggling brakes cold no confidence in the car pit stop problems uh the mercedes on rosberg didn't have a super quick pit stop i think they pitted and it was about a 3.6 or 3.7 it wasn't the speeds that I was expecting and Red Bull weren't I know Red Bull did that bad pit stop but even before they weren't doing super quick pit stops No, they, we um, didn't see the likes of a 2.5 2.7 second pit stop Williams is definitely a trendsetter at the moment with pit stop um, they've got probably the best technology on their jacks at the moment out of any of the, t- the teams but they're also just cranking out these great pit stops so they must be practicing it they are time. they're the, always like the benchmark setters lately and I think it used to be Ferrari but they're, they're just Williams is the standout at the moment they're consistently good good on them um nico did a good job uh for the team by letting lewis pass i think he could have made that a lot more difficult being the fact that lewis is his closest rival in the championship well when i saw him holding up hamilton during the at the start of the race i thought that was more of a ploy by him to keep hamilton more at bay yeah thinking that all right if ricardo goes on to win this race realistically ricardo is not going to win the driver's championship I don't think they've got a car that can do it. They've got a car that's now very competitive. Not with without some more um, upgrades to it. The team did get involved and got in part, and he did let Hamilton go, yeah. which was good, but I think the team would have much liked it if he let him go a bit earlier. Nico definitely didn't do it on his own accord. I think he was definitely asked, and you can tell by how many laps he held him up. Mm-hmm. The team finally went, Nico, get please out of the way. move over, please. That was still good for him to do that. I think some drivers, if you had a, a stubborn Verstappen up there that was maybe arguing for a championship, I don't think he would have let him pass. Where Nico was level-headed and went, okay, I don't have the pace. You pay the bills. Let I'm letting post. I'm actually wondering, do you think, JD, that Max would let Ricardo go through if being told by the team? No. No? Even after what the team has done got him into this car? Yep. I don't think they were. I don't. I don't you don't know. think if, he's that type of after, driver? After proving what he did at Toro Rosso when he was asked to let Carlos through and then coming in and his dad patting him on the back and then a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, good on him. You didn't let him pass. I don't think he will. I just don't think he will. I, he could prove me wrong. He could prove me wrong, but I just don't think he will. Seb come home fourth, not really happy with the strategy of the team and this is a couple races in a row where he's been quite critical of this Ferrari team and speaking out against Ferrari is not the smartest thing to do it doesn't work well Uh, people that speak out in the past it's not ended well for them so it seems interesting I think they they've been pretty humble Ferrari they've actually everything he says they've backed him up on pretty much we dropped the ball here we didn't do that right we need to work on it which is good. That's what they need to do. They need to get yeah, better. Yeah, well, it's not like Sebastian's, you know, a slob of a driver. He is four-time world champion. He's a good driver. You put him in a good car, he's going to win races again. And I do hope Ferrari get to that point again. Um, Perez did a great job turning on the super, uh, sorry, on the soft tyres and getting them to work really, really well. He did a massively um, impressive job on that Personally, car. Personally, I think he did. he's the standout driver for this round. I didn't pick him to be up this high. 
Yeah, I'd I'd probably still go with Ricardo. I don't want to be biased there, but I'd probably go with Ricardo if he didn't have that pit stop debacle. I think he would have cruised home easy. Yep. Um, and his qualifying lap was amazing. Where Perez was behind uh, behind Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. He didn't qualify as well, but he raced better, and the strategy worked better for him. Oh, I um, just had an all around good race, and to get did, the result, really to get a podium again, well done. Like He's we going to take before. everything away from this weekend. It was a good weekend for him, and must um pump up Nick uh, Sergio what's well, a double stocks. points finish and definitely in the pointy end of the points good result for T- Force India where they really needed a nice strong result to yeah I think especially because the next round is probably not going to be the most friendliest for them no it's, it's not going to be um, the best one for them Alonso wow McLaren fifth place they'll be really happy with that yeah they will be Im- that's impressive um, they're really happy with it uh, Alonso was fairly happy with it after the race and got some good points from McLaren he did. He got up into um, fifth, and then you also had Jensen coming home in ninth. So that's double points finish for him. Yep. If you had a, I think McLaren needed this. Yeah, well, last year they didn't have many points at all, so a double points round is awesome. Button wasn't really too happy with it. Got stuck in the pits. Uh, the team need to work on their strategy of when they bring him into the pits because it was something he was very critical after the race. They dropped him into... Into traffic. Yep. A slower car. It was a manor. He ended up behind a manor for like five laps and it pretty much ruined his race. It is a hard thing though to judge, like to juggle track position when um, bringing a driver in, trying to make sure they bring out and bring him out into um, clean air. Unfortunately, he did get stuck behind the Massa, or the Manor, sorry. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for him. I would have liked to have seen him a couple more places. I would have liked to have seen him fighting with Fernando. Yeah, I think he's a good driver and that's great. You know, I want them to be side by side and pushing each other sort of like, probably not as aggressively as the Mercedes, but pushing each other toe to toe. Another driver, JD, that's had a good result here was Carlos Sainz. Yeah, um, he's definitely proving that he can pedal a Toro Rosso pretty well. Uh, it'll be interesting if it, to see where he goes next because I think Daniel, I don't see Daniel leaving Red Bull this year. No, I don't. Uh, unless they keep screwing up for the rest of the year I don't think he'll leave I don't think uh, Red Bull want him to leave either I just don't see a spot for Carlos other than staying at Toro Rosso but it's a development no and Toro Rosso has never been one to really keep drivers after two years two three years max no it's one year max and then he goes to Red Bull maximum maybe I should have said I think Carlos one and a half not even half. Um, I think Carlos is going to get some offers from some good teams. I hope he does. Um, I don't know if he will stay. Like, if Toro Rosso will keep him and he can't get a drive again, yeah, sure, stay in Toro Rosso. But I think he needs to. Yeah, he's definitely. had his two years in there. The Toro Rosso is not a slouch either. It's, it's you know, it's faster than the McLaren and probably the Williams at the moment. So it's Williams have dropped the ball. Williams, I think we were talking about this last week. They are very much developing next year's car. Yeah. Uh, it, it was proven basically all in that um, testing after Spain when they started bolting on extra wings and stuff to try and emulate the amount of downforce they're going to have next year. So they definitely are trying to emulate next year's car. And well, Williams did finish in the points. Uh, Felipe Massa in 10th. So that's nice. One point. One point. Hey, better than none point. The Haas, they had an all right running. I think they would have liked a bit more. I think they would have liked to score some points. It was definitely with a wet weather race. It's a race you think anything is possible. Um, to come home 11th and 13th. Yeah, I think they knew they were going to struggle at this um, high grip track. I mm-hmm. think they needed the more flowy tracks. Roman struggled, really. Let's face well, it. Roman, he was great. Two laps he, Roman down. got the. Yeah, he also got held up with um, Rakuten. 
yeah. that didn't help. That put him a few positions down. I think Roman's doing a great job in the Haas. At the start of the year, it was like, where the hell have you been for the last couple of years? Like, they, that car was really competitive and he did a good job bringing it home in the points. Yeah. Um, now I'm just interested to see how they go now. The other cars have brought a bit more development in. I don't know if Haas has brought any more new development parts in yet. Yeah, I think that was the, the case there. A lot of the other teams are developing cars, but I think Haas has uh, hasn't gone too far in their development. So they've what they've got a lot of points to start of the season because they had quite a strong car, but now everyone else is developing. They're not moving forward as fast as everyone else. Pascal beat uh, Rio Hariento. Hariento, yeah. Yep. Which will be good for him. He needs to start doing that more. He is a good driver, you know. He did get investigated a lot this race. Yeah, he's got a lot of dramas going on, I think, as well. Yep. And then you go down to, I think it was five, no, six people that didn't finish in the end. Or was that more? Seven. We've got... Seven. Yeah, so the seven that didn't make it, you've got um, Julian Palmer, Kimi Raikkonen, Danny Kvyat, Kevin Magnussen, Max Verstappen, Felipe Nazar, and Marcus Ericsson. Something I've seen a lot of teams saying this weekend when they got interviewed... Oh, you're going really good this weekend. And they kept saying, yeah, but don't don't expect this in Canada. Yeah. This track is different. If you were to say there was one track that was completely different to every other track on, this, on the calendar, this is it. It is. You can't take performance from Monaco and put it anywhere else. No, you, you can't. Like Canada, which is the next track coming up, very quick track. Looking forward to Canada. What's your views, Michael? I am looking forward to Canada. I think it's going to be a fantastic race. I'm not looking forward to staying up till 4 o'clock in the morning. This one will be definitely asleep beforehand and wake up. Uh, it will. I think the Red Bulls are going to be quick again. I think now have both of them are going to have the new engine upgrades. Um, this is definitely a track that the Red Bull have done well in. For qualifying, I'm not even... I'm not sure. To be honest, I, I'm still coming off this angriness of Red Bull's pit stop this weekend that i've not cleared my head to think that far ahead yet <laughs> i would like to see the red bull strong i really hope i think mercedes are going to be good what's what's your opinion jd uh i think mercedes will be fairly dominant mm -hmm. i think ferrari might even pip red bull depending on track temperatures and tire selection i'm fingers crossed that red bull can prove me wrong there i want want them to do well but do you have um, any underdogs you think that might do well that people won't be expecting not so much um maybe the williams because there's a couple of good straights there so this is a track that does suit the williams yeah there are a couple of good straights but i don't think they're developing their car fast enough so possibly not i will be very interested to see what the the renault this is where we're going to see the full potential of this new renault is it good enough is it what they crack it up to be, or is it just a, a, a little fast bit better? Upgrade. Well, I don't think it's half fast. Like I think um, all the drivers were saying, the drivability of the engine is massively improved. So that's a good sign. That is a really, really good sign. You don't necessarily always need power. Power would be nice, uh, especially for Canada and that. The drivability is what something the Renault has struggled with. So that will be interesting to see uh, how much time that puts them up the road. I guess we won't have anything to compare it to, so it's impossible to prove them wrong. But mm -hmm. even if it was, they'd blame the driver. Fingers crossed, Ricardo can do well, and hopefully this new Renault is as quick as they say it is. Yeah, I think I'm... it can bring him within a few tenths of the of the Mercedes there, which should be it'll be good. It'll keep them honest. It'll make a race, and if Ferrari get back to the potential that they've really got there, 
and don't screw anything up, I think it would be good as well. All right, JD, hot pick for Canada. You can give me two drivers. Race win? Yeah, give Weekend. us a race win. Give us a race win. Race win. I'm going to go with Hamilton. Magic's back, I think. Yeah, I think um, Nico Rosberg's really got to look out for Hamilton now. He's only a race win behind. Yeah, if, if Rosberg doesn't finish a race and Hamilton wins now, he's in the lead championship. And I think if he gets that hold of the lead, he's going to run away with it. Qualifying star, I think Rosberg will keep him honest. And um, we might see another Rosberg poll. So that's all we got time for today at Breaking Late. Thank you for joining us. Uh, remember to hit us up on Facebook and share us to all your mates so we can get some more listeners. Send us your feedback or any questions or stuff you want. Yeah, don't forget to su- yeah subscribe to the podcast, like, share it, leave a review on your favorite podcasting app or iTunes. That will really help us out. Please share the podcast to anyone that you think would be interested in this. Um, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. We're at BreakingLate underscore FM. On G- uh, email us at BreakingLate at gmail.com. That's pretty much it for today, guys. That is. Thank you. Catch you guys next week. So what's your views on the fact that somehow Justin Bieber gets onto the track where no one else is, not even Lewis or... Ricardo's teammates, the the teams, are allowed on. How the hell does he get allowed with his two bouncers on the straight? How's that allowed? Yeah, I did see. I there was about a two second clip, not even that, of him looking over the straight. And I've I was watching it with a mate last night. And I'm like, was that fucking Justin Bieber? I thought the same like, thing. I'm like, I didn't even notice who. I'm get like, him yeah, off maybe. my TV. I don't want him on my TV. Of course, Lewis Hamilton brought him there. Probably. We're going to make a rap song together. Ah. Oh.